Hey, I'm Daniel Jose Older, one of the lead story architects of Star Wars, The High Republic, and you are listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. Excellent. A UTD Podcast Network production. Hello. Hello. Episode 191, the Andor Finale Review. I like where your head's at. On this episode, be sure to boil that water, Wes. Yo, that's a country club. New Patreon information. Prepare to fire. And the Utini crew talks about the season finale of Andor. I don't want to be alone. I want Mama Marva. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Helton. Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Hankel, and Wes Jenkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Force, the UTD Network podcast all about Andor. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to chat all about the exquisite nature of this television show is the full cast of characters, starting off with the one, the only, the lack of superlatives else, Dr. Corey Helton. Hey, man. Lack of superlatives. I've had some pretty clever superlatives in my life. Um, I got uh, in medicine. I think I told you guys this on the show a long time ago. They voted me uh, most likely to quit medicine and go into finance. So I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> well, it means you were but, with some profit. Some profits. I think is uh, how that apparently. works. That's <laughs> right. Everything has a price. No. I will say I don't think I don't think you ever fulfilled that because we never had Utini coin in the crypto phase. So I think that you avoided the, the stereotypical finance route. That's true. I did watch several videos on crypto coin this week though, and then I sent some of them to you guys, which nobody responded to. I might add. So absolutely, because I do not I do not support my friend's addictions. <laughs> Unless Corey, don't think I didn't notice that. <laughs> well, yeah, Corey, like- do, you, do you get sweaty when you do your sim racing? Uh yeah, why you see my sweatshirt back there? You like <laughs> and that? I see your fan right Dude, there. Listen, <laughs> yes, I got a fan right, right there. I got, I got a I got a sweatshirt. And uh, last week I went to uh, another sim racing thing, and man, my on Saturday I went and my like traps and like scapula. Oh God, I'm like in so much pain from the turning. <laughs> the thing was so hard for like two hours. So. You know, I played video games too hard, guys, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I feel so bad for you, man. Um, but I'm going to use that to introduce our next guest, who also saw an 11 p.m. Slack message from Corey that says, check out crypto, and immediately said, absolutely not. It's Dr. Charles Hankel. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to manage my real money, let alone my fake money or whatever you want to call it, my non-fungible tokens or whatever. Yeah, Not I don't know. money. I don't know how to do that. But you have your fungible Christmas lights again. Any Any updates on the Christmas adventures? I know that... You were you were you were first in your neighborhood last time, which we appreciated. Any other? Uh, have you got any like mischievous notes from neighbors, like accusing you of, of no, haunting? No, no notes. Uh, but the the street has taken up our our call to action, and now there's only like one or two that aren't decorated. And uh, what else? I started buying Christmas gifts, so that's been good. That's been fun. I, I try to start early, so they're already under the tree, nestled safely under the Whoa. tree. Wow! Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Look That's at that! You're, gosh, this, this, this really this whole like having actual working hours and time off it looks great on you. You got a you got a glow to you. So. I'll take it. It's looking good. It's looking. Good. I like you um, better when you smoked. <laughs> 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 well, I'll tell you what. As much as we love Charles's, well, some of us apparently love Charles's glow. It pales in comparison to the luminescent light that is wafting off the glorious Adonis-like face and features of Wes oh Jenkins. Hey, buddy. Hey, everybody. Uh, you know what's wafting in here? 
My dog's <laughs> flatulence. That's going. It's Wes. I set you up with that, cons- and then you respond with dog farts. Consuming me. He's just. Oh my god. Wow. Um, so I got to work early today. Um, I got to work at six thirty, and Ew. I filled up my water cup, and I got coffee, and I drank my coffee, and then I opened my email, and it said there is a boil ban in Houston. Don't <laughs> drink the water. So after I had my coffee, I was like. <laughs> Kind of feel a little funny. (laughs) (laughs) Is this what lead poisoning tastes like? (laughs) Yeah. And this is before I brushed my teeth and I took a shower and I drank water from the the refrigerator. So I'm all right. I'm still alive. My teeth fall out during the show. And it has something to do with the power going out at the water treatment facility in Houston, Texas. Interesting. <laughs> well, it could Yikes. be worse, Wes. You could still have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. Anyway, um, no. we'll get to that a little bit later, possibly. But most importantly, hello, everyone. Whether you're watching us live, watching us later, listening to us on your commute, walking the dog, whatever you're doing, we hope you're having a great time. Dishes crew, have not talked to you in a while. We know a lot of folks that do their dishes. Hello. We love you. No, do that one again. Yes. No, the other one. Okay, good. Excellent. You guys know that one person that worked for him, they are scared as hell right now. And I hope that uh, <laughs> I hope that, that freaks you out appropriately. But welcome to the Living Force. Uh, we're going to be talking all Andor Season 1 later today. Uh, the finale obviously aired last week. There was a ton of talk online about it, and we can't wait to get into it. But before we do, I want to do my little check-in with my friends. Um, we've been starting to do this thing where we just tell each other about our weeks. We've teased it a little bit. Um, but I wanted to share with y'all something that I've been going through. Those of you on video will uh, obviously kind of see a little bit of a difference. Um, I <laughs> am looking to move in a couple weeks, and this week I went home to Michigan for Thanksgiving. I did a six-hour round or six-hour trip one way, six-hour trip back. I went to the Lions and Bills game with my dad. Great times. I watched the World Cup game against uh, was of Argentina. It was great times. But guys, I've been packing so much that I'm I'm as Frodo Baggins would say, I'm, I'm forgetting the taste of food. Uh, uh, the sound of water. Strawberries. Like, point, Remember strawberries. strawberries. <laughs> I'm naked in the dark. I'm naked in the dark. That's how I feel. Um, so any, any, any thoughts, prayers, vibes, force visions you could give to me uh, and Charlie as we, we'll be packing for the next couple of weeks before we make Aaron, our move you look, uh, down south. You look like you've been robbed by like the world's worst robbers. Because like the the high ticket <laughs> items are still there, like the TV and like the yep. PlayStation, but everything else is yeah. gone. Dude, my, my bookshelves are uh, – there's no books on them anymore. They're all in boxes back there. It, it's been weird. So it's been exhausting, but I, I have gotten a few things out. You know, I, I've told you guys I've been trying to see my friends in Chicago before we leave, and I got to see one of my best friends, Lauren, last night. Charlie and I uh, went out with her, and we saw Glass Onion, uh, the nice. new oh. Knives Out movie, only in theaters for a week. No spoilers here. It was <clears throat> phenomenal, better than the first one. Wow. Watch it when it comes out on streaming around That's Christmas. That's fantastic. It's, it's a great Christmas break watch. So lots of highs and lows for me. Um, <clears throat> but, the, of course, the highest high is seeing you guys, of course. <laughs> you've, been After, uh, your photos in, uh, <laughs> you've been sharing your photos in Slack, and uh, I commented earlier that uh, it looks like one of those hoarder shows, like on TLC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bunch of people yeah. that are moving right now at Utini, and there was yeah. just a giant montage of people packing and moving and stuff and i'm like this looks like literal hell <laughs> it, is, it, it is sucks awful. it is especially on the weird. holidays 
Yeah, yeah what are we doing? I, I like oh, it's no. such a bad idea, but it is that weird thing like when you have a friend that like has a baby and then all of a sudden like, a couple of people have babies, like it just seems to happen. Yeah. At the same time. <clears throat> and and meanwhile, Corey, we know you're there like, maybe we should have another I'm like and Caitlin's like, No, we're not moving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, for real. Yeah. Now, Charles, uh, I want to I want to throw it to you because I you started to tell us a little bit about what Christmas gifts you bought. I one want you to tell us in excruciating detail what you've bought already to spoil that and, and um, how much it cost. Exactly. <laughs> I want receipts, and I also want your Pokemon progress. We know that you you got your starters going. Uh, how, how's how's the Scarlet Violet life treating you? It's good. It's good. I didn't have as much time to play recently, despite the holidays, because we went to Nicole's parents' place for Thanksgiving, and then uh, I came back here, and then Nicole. Stayed there to go to that Carolina Clemson game. Um, you know that oh, that Carolina wow. Clemson game where Carolina won uh, for the first time in eight years. And uh, go Cox! Yeah, first time in program history that back to back weekends we beat top ten uh, programs, and so now we're twentieth, I believe, in the most recent AP. So that's cool. Um, that was a lot of fun for me, not for Nicole. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but we still we still find things that we come together about, like Pokemon. So we've been playing that. We evolved our Foy Coco. No more Foy Coco. <gasps> no. He now is. I think his name is Crocolore, Crocolore, something like that. He's not oh, as cute, man. and I don't like the name <clears throat> as much. Um, but I had to evolve him because I got to complete that Pokedex, you know. But we beat our first <laughs> gyms, you know. We're we're having fun. It's good. That's great. Well, now that Fantastic. South Carolina beat Clemson, does she feel the need to like have more progress than you in Pokemon to kind of like take back a little superiority in the house? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, mostly she just leaves dirty dishes around and tells me I have to clean them up. No, <laughs> I had actually speaking of babies in, in Clemson, Carolina. One of my childhood best friends had a daughter recently, and his wife went to Carolina with me, and he went to Clemson. And uh, when Carolina won, they had to change their daughter from a Clemson onesie into a Carolina onesie. So now she has to wear wow. a Carolina onesie, I guess, for the next year. I don't know what the agreement is, but yeah, it's like a trophy. Like yeah. those, like the Paul, we got the Paul Bunyan trophy in Michigan, Michigan State, which I I, I don't expect to have any anytime soon. Um, <clears throat> I think that's healthier. So, but that's good. I'm, you know what, Charles? I know that you are the reason that South Carolina won. So I'm proud of you. I I actually at one point screamed so hard. Keep in mind, I was home alone. I watched this game by myself. Uh, I screamed so hard and ran a lap around my kitchen that I actually was seeing lights, and I think I was about to pass out, and I just laid down. And then it took it took like a good thirty seconds to go away. I was like, "This is it. This is I'm gonna. This is it for me. Like I'm. This is I'm how gonna I'm go. gonna go." Nicole <laughs> go. comes back to find you, and he's like, "Well, he died doing what he loved." Gamecocks. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, oh, let's keep man. let's keep it sporty here for a second, Wes. What'd you do, man? I see that you you got some activity on our chart here. Oh yes. Um, so <clears throat> Friday it was raining down here in Houston, and we had a turn a softball it's tournament set up for Saturday. <laughs> right, get you anything? <laughs> it's raining sideways, and um, so it basically got rained out. But the psycho friends that I have found another tournament. That we apparently got thrown on at the last minute, nice. and so we played a softball tournament on Saturday against uh, some pretty similar level teams. The first two teams, and then we played against a pro team. And if you want to know how bad you are at a certain <laughs> sport, play against a professional team that gets paid to go out there and do it. Wow! Because 
They were hitting some rockets at me, and I missed one, and they all laughed at me. Oh, they my God. Just like, what? La- every one of them in the dugout just laughed at me. Wow. <laughs> How do you recover from that? I wasn't the only one. What's your, what's, what's your position? I still haven't recovered, you? Corey. I feel terrible. What, what's, your <laughs> what, what's your position again? Remind us. I play right center field or left center field. Depends. Oh, yeah. You're, you're not supposed to be able to be good. <laughs> the outfield. Come on. What That's was the final works. score of that in game? In softball, was. they hit lasers at you in the outfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what's that? What was the oh, final, final score? score? Yeah. They run ruled us, so uh, I think I think the middle of the second inning. No, the, after the second inning, uh, the game was over. <laughs> so oh it was God. like it was like eighteen to one. That's what it was. Oh and they, no, no, no. And they spotted us four runs, so we were winning in the first inning. Wow! And then they wow. destroyed us. So yeah, Wes, I would it, say that they just went out there because they wanted the practice. Is what yeah. they said. And then I was like, whatever, guys, y'all uh. just went, did that to boost your ego. But I had a good time, regardless. So it was fun. <laughs> that didn't sound fun to me, but I'm glad. Pro- you know what? I'm glad you had fun, and my, I will be proud of you again next week once you're a winner again. Corey, how's your week? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can get to that in a second. It does remind me when I was uh, when I was in high school. I played uh, I played tennis because we had two sports at my tiny oh, little hell school. Yeah. We had basketball and we had tennis. The only two sports we had. And if you had, if you could tie your shoes, the amount of athletic prowess you had to have. But if you had at least that, then you were like legally obligated to play <laughs> all the sports. And by all, I mean two. So you know, I was somewhat athletically inclined, so I I was obligated to play both of the sports, and uh, I played tennis. And one year we got into like the regional tournament, like by default, on accident. Like there was a team that like lost their some kind of sports accreditation because of some cheating scandal or something, and like, and then there was some other team that, yeah! that couldn't do it for some other reason. Pretty serious. Anyway, like it was this crazy <laughs> turn of world events that like three different teams like didn't. Get, they could not legally compete in the tournament. So we like were the only one left. So they had to let us in, even though we were terrible. Right? I'm at tiniest public school in Georgia, right? With 12 people. And uh, I got dumped into the number one singles position in this turn in this <laughs> oh, tournament. No. And we were playing against some some private school. I think it was like Lakeview Academy, is like the name of the school, which like is sounds as, private. It's as pretentious <laughs> as it sounds, right? <laughs> And, Lake uh, Academy. Yep. You know, if anybody's from Georgia listens to this show, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Lakeview Academy. Um, anyway, so I was the number one tennis uh, spot against, like, the best person in the freaking state or something like that. And, like, he just annihilated me. Like, it wasn't even, like, even, like, I don't think I even returned a serve, like, the whole game. Oh, no. And oh, I got damn. really pissed off about halfway through the game because he was going to end the game in, like, eight minutes, right? It was, a, the yeah. whole thing was going to be over. And so I just started angling the racket, and there was a lake behind it, Lakeview Academy, right? There's a lake behind him. And I just started lobbing him into the lake, like, just over and over again. <laughs> I, I hit, like, four different balls into the lake. The kid got so mad, he destroyed a tennis racket, like the pros do, on on TV and stuff. Why was he yeah. mad? Because it was annoying because you have to like go out and like like get a new canister of tennis balls and open it. It would take like five minutes or whatever. And I was just like wow. being a douche at that point. And wow. uh, they finally got a ref involved and he told me if I didn't stop lobbing him over the over the over the over the fence I was gonna have to forfeit and uh, I just wow. let so it you lobbed another one. Point, but, <laughs> You're gonna win anyway. You know, yeah like, exactly it was just me. dumb. Yeah, uh, the first time I lobbed it over the over the wall, though it wasn't on purpose. It was just because I'm bad, right? And uh, yeah, but then you were you like, know, "Wait a minute." That reminded me. So I, I feel all your pain, Wes. Of I know what it's like to play against basically a pro team, right? And uh, the kid, I still have nightmares about that. Uh, yeah, my week, um, not a whole lot. Uh, Caitlin and I had a nice kind of private Thanksgiving, just the two of us, and. Uh, 
it was nice. We cooked a big meal and ham and souffles, and it was fun. Uh, we cooked a big Ooh. meal, just the two of us, and then we had a bunch of wine and played The Last of Us 2, which we've been working our way through a little bit lately. And <laughs> if you uh, if you have never played uh, The Last of Us, second of all, you need to do it while drunk. Um Third of all, all the all of the hate uh, that the second game got because of I don't know annoying gamer culture is wrong. Yeah, yeah, that game is phenomenal and is probably better than the first one in my opinion. And uh, that is blasphemous in certain circles. But uh, yeah, we're having a good time. Last of Us, it's really scary. I feel like I need therapy after I play. There's nothing that (laughs) teaches you what you're thankful for than. Uh, Killing zombies, playing that game, and being like, "Well, I'm glad it's not a zombie apocalypse." I'm I know, could that. be worse. You know what? Could be worse. Uh, do you guys remember last year or something like two years ago or something when I went to like a light prepper stage? You guys remember that? Yes, oh, wait, I think light. so. Yeah, yeah. I bought like yeah. a backpack, like a, I put together like a bug out bag or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Like last yeah. year or whatever. And I was like, "You guys should all have this of so just like emergency supplies and stuff." It was shortly after that that phase of mine that I played the first Last of Us game and. If you'll notice, that's probably about the time that I stopped being like, let's survive the apocalypse, because The Last of Us 1 made it very blatantly obvious that I didn't want shit to do with the apocalypse. Just <laughs> blow my brains out. It's going to be the end of it, because that game is so freaking scary. I'm just yep. like, nope, nope. I'm just going to I'm just gonna take one for the team here. And yeah. Bullet to the head. There you go. <laughs> I would love that idea. Like, oh, yeah, 90% of humanity dies, and everyone assumes they're in the 10%. No, nah, man, I'm in the 90. There's no, no, no way. Yep, I'm just going to find a we big bridge and jump off okay? of it if it's <laughs> a zombie apocalypse. No. Not my thing, all right? I do still have the bug out bag, though. It's in my closet. So just Yeah, no, that was, a, that was a wild moment. What's for? for that, you just need it for that one time. You're just like, time. oh, yeah. I got it. I was prepared. West a can opener. Oh. I got a fire starter. I got a knife and a foil blanket. You have a compass? And yeah. <laughs> a compass. Oh, West, uh, to be clear, you are absolutely going to be in the 10%. You, like, oh, <laughs> you, like, you are going to be fine. He's going to go live in that deer stand that he's been building. Did you build <laughs> exactly. it yet? No, but that I keep like wanting to add on to it every time I like think because I have the base uh-huh. and I'm like I put something here and I can put this there, but oh I gotta I have to read I've redone the plans three or four times now. Because be like a f- there's so many different things I want to put in house. Yeah. <laughs> Just put it on put it on Airbnb or some shit. Don't say that it's gonna happen. There's apartments that are smaller than that in New York. So. Easily. Well, <laughs> hey, foot by six foot place. Uh, speaking of, you know, Corey talks about uh, just walking off a bridge into the ocean. Let's do the teeny fantasy football update real quick. So, um, not good for me. That's it. Um, still losing. I love football so much. It doesn't love me back in Utini. <laughs> I don't know why. Every year I'm bad in our league. Um, and Jacob, who may or may not be watching us tonight, our buddy, our spice down on the team, uh, beat me. To, he has players playing tonight, and he doesn't need them. He already beat me yesterday. Jacob, to be fair, is in first place, and so he's r- pretty much beat everybody. He sort of Chuba <laughs> Hubbard and Smudge AP <laughs> Ryan against me, Wes. It is humbling to say that. And Alexander. Anyway, uh, not great for me. Um, very proud of Charlie. She did beat Emma this week. Uh, so, again, proud boyfriend points. Uh, Wes. You, oh my God, I didn't look at this yet. What the hell happened to you? That's right. You I decimated the, the worst team in the league. 
Oh my god! Oh, okay. So, no, sorry, Oz, but it was it was revenge for the softball yes. team beating the shit out of you, I guess. It was. Uh, no, Wes is yes. the highest good scorer week. in our league this week. Well done, man. I had a good week. Well Thank done. You very are you, yeah, your playoff. It, it was to be. It was to be expected. It was to yep. be expected. No big deal. Yeah. Um, yes. Playoff bound. I expect to get the bounty at the end of the season. Yep. Um, I know we're not playing for money, but I still expect some kind of prize. Oh yeah, no. Why, the why year aren't they playing for money? Why is there no money in the Utini League? There should be. The, uh, the year that everyone. Well, you should back. put it up, CEO. Yeah. Can I Patreon, capitalize on it? How about, how about I, I take like a two percent management fee or some shit? That sounds like a good business project. <laughs> like a five dollar buy-in. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, we'll do like a, I don't know, a twenty dollar buy-in or something good. No, if I start winning, then we'll do buy-ins. Anyway, uh. <laughs> Yeah, JG in the yeah. chat when everybody's in the league. Uh, one of Jacob's losses is against you, JG. You did very well. And that Ooh. is uh, in, pre- in payment for your Steelers being uh, in a rebuild. It's in a rebuild. That means they're bad. <sighs> Such a horrible uh, word. So, UTD Fantasy continues to go. Playoffs are coming. We'll, we'll let you all know who wins that. And for those of you that just skipped through these sections, we love you. And those of you who stay with you that stay with us through these, I love you even more. All right. Uh, only other update I want to give to the folks. Uh, we don't talk a lot about comics on this show, but I did want to just point out because it's not Marvel. Um, this week, the High Republic Adventures are back. Um, they're at Dark Horse now. We remember at the end of the High Republic Adventures run previously in IDW, it was crazy. Things got delayed. Things got moved around. Um, but I've been noticing on socials, it's not as prevalent right now <laughs> that the High Republic Adventures is coming back. Daniel Jose Older, Harvey Tolabao are coming back. Young Sav Mulligan is in there. If any of those words I just said <laughs> make sense to you, make sure you go <laughs> to a comic book store or on Comicsology. On this coming Wednesday, November 30th, because that new volume is starting, and I just wanted to let y'all know. All right. Next up, we have a quick thank you, thank you, thank you <clears throat> to our friends at patreon.com slash utini. Thank you so much uh, for supporting everything we do here. As a quick reminder, you're going to get your Star Wars Archives episodes. You do still have that Astral documentary that is a fully edited, fully filmed documentary you can watch anytime you want. You have all our movie commentaries, and I will say... This has been a crazy end of year for you, Teeny. Crazier than honestly we've ever had before as far as scheduling goes. I think it's fair to say, gentlemen, that we are definitely going to be doing another movie commentary in the beginning of next year. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, we um, should. We'll be, yeah, so we're definitely going to get together to do that. And if it's, you know, if you're deciding, hey, what am I going to do at the end of my year? Do I want to help special. Teeny go? Everything Holiday has special. a price. Everything has Holiday a price. Holiday special. Everything has a price. That price is higher than those. But thank you all so much um, for your continued support. And as a quick reminder, for all of you patrons and not patrons alike, make sure you get your pre-orders in for your new releases of Star Wars books. The High Republic Starlight Stories, all the short stories from the Insider Magazine of the High Republic, are finally being collected. December 13th, they're coming out. And... The High Republic, The Battle of Jeddah, the audio drama by friend of the show George Mann, is coming out January 3rd. So we get a month off of Star Wars books, and then we start the year with an audio drama of The Battle of Jeddah. <laughs> I know, one of our most anticipated books and or performances, I guess, of the entire initiative. Perfor- yeah, it's an audio drama performance, right? It's like a play. It's going to be great. All right. Now let's just get into it, y'all. We have been chatting about Andor on our Bounty Hunt show, and then last week we brought it all into the main fold because, frankly, the show's too freaking good um, not to talk about in Living Force. So tonight, we are about to go into full spoiler territory, full spoilers from here on out for the entirety of the first season of Andor. We're going to recap the finale of Rick's Road. We're going to talk about our favorite moments in it, what we thought about it, and then we're going to talk about the season as a whole. What did we think 
about Andor? Was it successful? Where does it rank as far as the live-action Star Wars shows goes? Where does it rank in all of Star Wars, even? We're going into that. This is your final warning. We're spoiling everything. <laughs> and I'm your good friend, Eric. Do not let my voice be how you find out what happens in the finale of Andor. Like, I'm not worth that. Okay? Mm. All right, you're back. You watched Andor. Great. Here we go. The finale, episode 12, Rick's Road. We begin. Everyone is coming to Ferrix for the funeral. Tensions are high. Brasso finds out that Cassian is coming back. And Wilmon, who we've seen a few episodes, works in his father's workshop on an improvised bomb. Back on Coruscant, Mon Mothma figures out a way to disguise her money issues by straight up accusing Perrin of gambling, which he's not doing, we think, throwing him under the bus as their driver listens in, who's obviously been spying on her the whole time. Cassian then arrives on Ferrix and discovers where Bix has been taken, and as Luthan lands as well to kill Cassian, we are treated to a gorgeous monologue from Nemec's manifesto. He says, remember this, tyranny requires constant effort. Tyranny is the mask of fear. And he asks Cassian and everyone only to try. As Dedra learns about the rules placed on Marva's funeral back on Ferrix, the ISB reports the effective decimation of Krieger's forces. There's no witnesses. She's not happy about that. But Luthen's gamble seems to have paid off. Lenny is safe. Brasso then meets Cassian beneath the roads of Ferrix to deliver Marva's final words to him. Tell him I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. Whew, not going to make it through this, guys. All right. Next up, up on the streets, the Time Grappler... King Hammerman begins the Song of Ferrix far earlier than the Empire anticipated, and the funeral procession begins. Citizens fill the streets with instruments and unite as one in the face of the Empire, with Brasso holding Marva's funeral stone as they all chant Stone and Sky. B2 comes to the front and projects a giant hologram of Marva Andor as she relays her final message to the people of Ferrix, saying, The Empire is a disease that thrives in darkness. It is never more alive than when we sleep. Perhaps it's too late, but I'll tell you this. If I could do it again, I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards from the start! Fight the Empire! And they do. Brasso uses Marva's literal ashes to beat back the Empire with a brick. Cassian rescues Bix from her hotel prison, and Wilmon chucks his bomb into a pile of explosives. The fight continues on the street with stormtroopers firing at civilians, the time grappler banging the gong and kicking people out of his tower, and Dedra gets caught up in the fray with rebels ready to literally tear her apart limb from limb, but she's saved at the final moment by Cyril. It's a little sexy. As the dust settles, Cassian <laughs> brings Bix to Brazo, Wilmon, Jez, and B2 to help them escape to Ganji Moon, where apparently they'll be safe. Cassian has to stay, but he promises the saddest B2 you can ever imagine that he'll come find them. Bix trusts him to do so. On Coruscant, Mon Mothma abandons her white clothing to dress in traditional Chandrillon blue and gold to bind her daughter to the son of Davil Skaldin. Her financial suspicion is hopefully paused for now. Finally, Luthen returns to his ship to see Cassian waiting for him. Cassian tells Luthen to kill him or bring him into the fold, and Luthen just smiles. post credit scene. There we see droids carrying the pieces the prisoners were constructing on Narkina 5 and their connectors for a dome of some sort. And we find out Cassian was building the weapon that will eventually kill him. The Death Star. All right. Well, that's it. So. Um, That'll do it for this week's episode of Living Force. Living Force. Thank you, to everybody. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Oh, See you later, everybody. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, 
absolutely introed this with my thoughts. <laughs> I think this is the best season of Star Wars television we've ever gotten. One of the best shows of the year. It's one of the best pieces of Star Wars media I've ever seen. This episode gave me everything I wanted. I'll be very easy about that. Let's open up the floodgates, y'all. Did they stick the landing? Is there a is there a real argument that this is not the best Star Wars has ever been produced, frankly? Yes. Real is a... There is an argument. I don't know if it's real, but there is an argument. Yes. Not one I, I care about. there are people that are, <laughs> that are stuck to the movies. They're like, the movies, no matter how bad they are, a movie is always even better than a TV show. Yeah, that's but. fair. Those are the people that don't watch the TV shows. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> you that's know? fair. That's I, I, will say, I will say it's a good thing to start on because then we can just shut the shit out. Uh, I did see <laughs> on uh, like Reddit or Twitter or some shit that apparently Star Wars, uh, uh, what's his name? Star Wars Theory on oh, YouTube. Oh, Star Wars Theory. Yes. Oh, just trigger you, you bastard. Oh, no. Ah, screws. <laughs> ah, shut up. You just happen to have screws in Breach? I'm moving. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Star Wars Theory this week was really, really mad that screws and bricks are in Star Wars. Eric, you uh, got any bricks? <laughs> that would be Can you hilarious. imagine? I wish. No, I don't know if that's actually true, if he was actually that mad. It was. Um, it is. Yeah, that, or that's but, what he said. Uh, I did. Yeah. I did see some a clip or something of what he said and stuff. And he, I don't know, man. I don't know what the guy's deal is. Why he hates uh, stuff so much. He seems really unhappy. Yeah. But there, anyway, I don't yeah. like that. I don't think it's a good argument. Really uh, no. Star uh, screws yeah. in and bricks being in Star Wars is kind of, is, is fine. Yeah. Qui Gon's yeah. little communicator is a Gillette razor. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But there's a great quote though. I believe uh, I, I think Stephen Ken posted it. It's a political quote that's like. It is hard to understand something when your paycheck relies on you not understanding it. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that's like, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. You know how many people that I know don't follow Theory linked that clip and got him money (laughs) by posting it? Yeah, I know. Anyway, I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't. I don't think I've ever. I don't think. I don't know that I've ever publicly called somebody out like this on the show. Maybe we have. No, you have But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what that guy's deal is, man. Um, I'm genuinely worried about his mental health. <laughs> yeah. Um, How else do you hold stuff together? The force is, tape, is perfect. <laughs> nails will nails oh, will come out yeah. with a screw. Yeah. If the it just sort of stays in there. Screws. Maybe it would have done a little better. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, you know how they could have fixed that that exhaust port. How about four screws and a block yeah. of wood? That would have fixed of it. You know? Just one you brick. Know? Just one brick. <laughs> one brick. One brick <laughs> of a human. Yeah. So yeah. and screws aside. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so anyway, that's dumb. It does remind me though, because we've talked about this recently, uh, that the original Thrawn trilogy, considered to be like you know, one of the OGs of Star mm-hmm. Wars books, like like one of the first scenes in it, Luke name drops a hot chocolate hot that he chocolate. learned from Lando. And I'm like, I bet, that, I bet he's not mad about hot chocolate, but he's mad yeah, about bricks and screws, screws and but bricks. whatever. That Is was, he talking about that was dumb. the drink? Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. talking about hot chocolate. He's like, this Empire, wonderful, yeah. con- wonderful concoction that Lando taught me about is called hot chocolate. It's a weird yeah. scene, man. It feels yep. very out of place, but... Zahn got a lot of hate for that too. He openly talks about that. But yeah. anyway, that was a that's a stupid ass argument. Yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah, if there are everybody. if there are real genuine like is there real genuine arguments that there's stuff not to love about this show. I guess you could say the pacing was a little slow at times. I agree to disagree yeah. on that. Yeah, not I, in this I, episode. Oh my yeah, god! <laughs> on this episode, um, I do genuinely think that you could you could make a, a strong argument that that this could compete with Empire of being like, literally agree. the best Star Wars ever. I, I mean. Man, just away, man. can't believe! <laughs> can't believe we made it to the end, and it it yeah. kept it up the whole damn time. Like I just can't believe mm-hmm. it. Yeah, just like speaking of the end, they only mentioned it one or two times when they when Cassian and um 
and the other inmates were in the prison and they were like, we don't even know what we're building. Like, what are we building? And that was like, yeah, it. there was only like two, there's like two times they said it and yeah. that was it. They didn't like keep harping on it to make people think like, Oh, you, yeah. you better try to figure out what they're building. Cause it's going to be something big. They just asked twice and that was it. And some people forgot much like myself when I just heard Eric say that was, the, that was what they were building with the death star. Just figure that out along go. with everybody else. That was brilliant. That died. That shot was <laughs> that shot was super cool too, man. Yeah, like the suspended in space. Obviously. Oh man, but, that was yeah. that was great. That was great. Yeah. What a nice little way to tie up that loose end too. That was really yeah. clever, and I'm just blown away. I don't know if uh, you know. I don't really know how movie making works, how TV shows work, especially when you're dealing with an IP like Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. is this is this all truly Tony Gilroy's genius that made the show? Like, it's a great question, and I would actually all of our listeners, I would highly recommend. There's a podcast on the Ringer Network mm-hmm. called The Watch. Um, mm-hmm. It's all about TV shows, and they've interviewed Tony Gilroy three times during Andor. He came on three different times. He just came on for the finale. Talks a ton about how the show was made. It's really, really mm-hmm. fun. Interesting. Very casual guys. Um, really great uh, interviews. Really great discussions. And he talks so much about his team, like the production designer, um, the <clears throat> movie guys, but like. You know, the too long didn't read of it is essentially this is Gilroy's baby. Like, from conception to writing of the scripts, like, the writer's room is him, Bo Williamson, and his brother. Uh, Tony Gilroy's brother. So, like, they're very in here. The the idea, the execution as showrunner is so, is so intense. Like, he's not directing these, right? He's not writing every script. But I think part of the reverence for the craft of it all, like the reason that it's all yeah. so good and the reason the talent is, that's a showrunner picking people and creating a team that does this. And I was wondering, <laughs> you know, I, I tweeted this out earlier this week, based on the interviews we've seen with, like, you know, not only Diego Luna, but, like, Stellan Skarsgård <laughs> and Fiona Shaw and, and, and Genevieve O'Reilly, like, this seems like one of the first Star Wars shows where, like, the casting <clears throat> creatives really seem to like each other a lot. Doesn't it? Like... They yeah. really seem to give vibes of I love making Antor, <laughs> like yeah, and not just because it's Star point. Wars, mm-hmm. but because of the people they come to work with. Yeah, yeah, it is more of an ensemble than anything we've seen before, though. So to be oh, fair, yeah. I think people have got more time on this show together, and they're yep. filming on location, right? So it's not like <clears> oh, <throat> I'm in the volume for this two hours, and then it's the next person's mm-hmm. turn, and we don't interact. It's like they're yeah. going to all these places, yeah. so. I imagine they got a lot more time together, but they do seem to be very close knit. Yeah, and it's not so much like, and I think there's always there's also been this disproportionate, um, like if you like Andor, you can't also love Mandalorian. Like we're not always in on that, but it is interesting to hear. Like I love working on this show because there's this amazing like Grogu robot, and I love interacting with and the technology is amazing. Versus like I get to say a monologue about the fascism, and like it's just like it's just different, and like there's just. I mean, Nemec's speech in this, and, I, and we'll get to the speeches about the show in a second, obviously, but, like, that moment where he's just, from the afterlife, talking about the Empire, yeah. and we're seeing all the characters basically react to tyranny, and how does the like, it, the best written books don't have that level of complexity about just, the yeah. Empire. Yeah. I just can't, like, I just can't, wow. I just don't, I just cannot believe they got it so right. Like, it's just... Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that there that there are very many shows like in 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 television history that have gotten everything right. The director and the actors and the writing and the dialogue and the music like it just was a damn near flawless experience from end to end. And I'm like, I just can't 
I cannot name another show that's like Breaking Bad. Maybe like is pretty yeah, close, that, I guess. That's what but I like, to honestly, I just can't believe that it doesn't. It feels like like we're insane. I, I feel insane for saying this. I feel yeah. like like I'm shilling this. Like, but yeah. like, it's true though. <laughs> I genuinely, right I genuinely cannot mm-hmm. find very much wrong with. It. There's a couple tiny little scenes of CGI, and yeah, I didn't really love the aliens of last episode in a, in a couple ways, but like. Other than that, like, Mm-mm. I just I just can't believe they got it so right. And now it begs the question, how has every other Star Wars project got it so wrong, if this is possible? Like, yeah. what is the magic recipe, the formula to make this happen again? Like, I don't, I don't think it's, it's replicatable. Like, yeah. I, I, they have, I think they have a good, like, a good um, ending point. So they can, because I think, great like, point. with... With the Mandalorian and with the Book of Boba Fett, there isn't an ending point, right? There's something that they can keep yeah. writing story of that for years and years and years. I guess they wanted to, but this like has a final, yeah. a final piece, and they can they can tie in these pieces yeah. that will bring the moviegoers and like in the the book readers as well to um, to this particular show based on those instances that they've seen or, or read in a book. And yeah. not just like a not just yeah. like a story ending either though, like a hard slamming the book closed because yeah. everybody dies, right? Yeah, yeah. Like in, yeah. and, and they've all been so <clears throat> blunt about it. And I think that like the, the source material you have until then is also so impactful, right? Because we love Star Wars for so many reasons. We get our space Jedi stories, you know, warriors with swords, that's great, that's so much fun and great. We get bounty hunters, oh my gosh, westerns. I love westerns, those are a lot of fun. <clears throat> this show is at its core about meeting people that are living their lives and they're they're feeling a little off but they're dealing with it. And then we literally get to watch people have their rights stripped away by a fascist government and get ground harder and harder until now in this episode they literally use the will and ashes of their dead to fight against <clears throat> their oppressions oppressors with no real weapons it's but brilliant. knowing that the so- literal blasting the music of freedom in their streets to fight the empire like the 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 stakes of this show and i think that's also why the original trilogy works because right they're fighting an empire this is a government this is the universe and they're like you know what we all if we speak out here and we speak out at aldani and we speak out at the prison all of these arcs had a lot of people die a lot of people that we met for two episodes died, but they did their little rebellion, and they did their little rebellion, and they did a little rebellion, and now this episode is saying, you know what? The spark is now a fire, and we're just going. And, like, yeah. that's not – that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and every time there is, like, a big spark moment, too, the dialogue is just unbelievable. I mean, we had so many incredible – like speeches or monologues in this show, like yeah, I just, go to him. I just, I just, don't, I just still can't get over, I just still can't get over how good the dialogue is. We have it. This is this exists in the same universe as Attack of the Clones. How is that possible? <laughs> there it is. There it is. How is it possible? Yeah, you're training to be a Jedi, and I'm, I'm a senator. How is it possible that this is the same universe? I just don't understand it. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's yeah. brilliant writing, and I don't know whatever whatever recipe they did, like. <laughs> Part of me yeah. is also in the camp, though, of, like, Tony Gilroy, he needs to have this beautiful platinum-plated beauty and then walk away and never come back. I think he might, legit. 
Yeah, I, I he's gonna he should. He's gonna Tarantino think, it. Yeah. He's gonna make his ten and he's gonna leave. Yeah, I think, it's, <laughs> well, I think it's what he's gonna have to do. And I want to ask you guys that based on so the speeches especially because I I the second half of the season like really just went so speech heavy and and not to not to overplug but on the watch Tony Gilroy does talk a lot about how that's not hard for him. He's like I can write a speech. Like it's really like. Getting Cyril to Ferrix was actually harder for him than writing a speech because he's like, "How do I make that make sense?" Tony Gilroy would survive the apocalypse. He's I, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, um, so I want to ask you. I think we got four main speeches in Andor. We have the Kino Loy, "There's no way out" speech, um, or the or the um, one way out well, over the mm-hmm. over the comms. Yeah, we got the big Luthen speech. I, I'm you know burning down a sunrise I'll never see. That big yeah. one. We got Nemec's so literal good. manifesto this episode about mm-hmm, tyranny right. and what the Empire looks like. And then we get Marva's, if I you know, don't <clears> sleep, <throat> evil and tyranny, I, I would be fighting these bastards forever. I think those yeah. are the four giant epic. And it's crazy. If we had gotten one of these speeches in the series, it would have been like, amazing. Yeah, Holy but crap. there's and four, and they're, four. All, and they're all flawless. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite? <sighs> just just know, pure man. simple. What's your I think speech? I think Luthens was probably my my favorite of all three. I of them. agree. That, there was some there was some dark shit in there, man. And I <laughs> wish, like, yeah. we, uh, I, who I don't remember who that was in our in our chat last week that was that was talking about the. You uh, kept dropping the quotes. It was just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so many good ones, and uh, I don't know though. Marva's this episode was pretty was pretty hot. That was a beautiful scene. Just all oh, into yeah. end. Like this was just a beautiful scene. The Cultural symbolism here was incredible. We'll come back to this in a second, but speeches, yes. Yeah, I think it depends, too, on, you know, how are you grading these things? Because I think the actual, like, the actual writing of Luthen's speech was the best. You know, we're mentioning some of those lines that were genuinely, like, stirring and, like, made me sit back and think, like, who thinks to even say that? But then... On the other side of the spectrum, I thought Marva's was pretty straightforward, right? She was like, wake up, mm-hmm. fight the Empire, or something else mm-hmm. the Empire if you follow certain circles online, apparently. But, <laughs> yeah, right. But it was, like, I'm- very emotionally packed, right? Especially with her talking about how, you know, I used to come to these things. I used to come to these funerals, and I learned from, you know, the dead, and now I want you to learn this from me. Like, that, that kind of setting it up to then go actually fight the Empire right then and there, that was probably had the most emotional weight for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I forget about all, the way that she talks about <laughs> knowing the stone. And, and just, I mean, one, the idea of, of the city being built by the dead. Now every brick you see, like, you know, how many of their ancestors are surround them constantly and her realizing her legacy is now going to be more than that. Also, she's a little force ghosty, which is fun. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, blue hologram force ghosty, which is fun. A little something. Um, what's and you knew think? you knew something was coming when she said, "But we were sleeping." Yeah, yeah. But we were sleeping. And you're like, oh, she's going to come with something hard. And I, I was, I was just it. I felt like it took a little long to get to when she was getting to, but I appreciated that the anticipation made me like lose my mind when she really started getting into yeah. it and like really fired up the crowd, fired up her followers, mm-hmm. and oh man, yeah. she was pushing dead, through those she, guys. That's all she gets it's her last words. She gets a little more. She gets yeah, where is where is like what made her like record that before she died? She was like, okay. Yeah. I got 18 hours left, I guess. It's like, it's like what, Tony what if Stark she didn't Endgame, have 18 you know I mean? hours That's left? That's what it reminded <laughs> me of. It's like when Tony did his whole thing to like, hey, guys, you know, and like you, when you kind of yeah. have that vibe. But yeah, 
But she did dress uh, up though. She's like, I'm gonna die in a day. Let me put on my my finery. <laughs> I'm, gonna look, I'm gonna look good. I'm gonna look good. Yeah. Maybe she yeah. recorded it like it maybe she recorded it a while ago. I mean, it, I don't know. Maybe how, she did. A decent Ooh. amount of time has passed. Remember, we we had the yeah. prison. It was a big time jump. Yeah, right? like a couple and months. We fe- I feel yeah. It, I forget. It was like. Yeah, it was like two months or 48 yeah. shifts later or something, right? Didn't yeah. say that? Yeah, because yeah. last time we saw her, she prison. was wheezing, Yep, right? She was wheezing, and she couldn't really talk. She was having she's having trouble she breathing. So cold. Turn on the heat. We keep maybe saying she, that. All right, here we go. I got it. Maybe, maybe she knew that either illness and death were going to get her or the empire was going to get her one of the two oh totally like, because she bought into the uh she bought into the rebellion thing early it looks like so yeah Ooh, speaking of that um i think last episode or no two episodes ago uh brasso was talking to somebody to the doctor and they're like what was she doing and they said she was uh trying to pry open an entrance for the underground tunnels so the rebels yeah. could get in yeah you guys know how Cassian got into the hotel? That's true. He used those tunnels, man. Oh, he used those nice. tunnels. He did. So oh. all those little things. She was paving the way for him even when he wasn't there. So I think Marva's for me how to hit the hardest emotionally. I, I want to also give a, a, a nod at the cap, if you will, to, to Nemec's manifesto <clears throat> speech. I think, one, we talked about this actor during the Altani arc. The way he speaks is just so endearing. Like his his vocal... Caden, just the way he sounds is so great, and I kind of hope that we get a full audiobook of the manifesto one day, just because I want to hear him do the whole thing. But maybe it was, you know, the uh, the context of it, seeing everybody react to it. But it was one of the most effective discussions I think of the source material I've ever heard. Of like, this is how the empire goes, and also I love, <clears throat> I love the idea, one of flipping do or do not. There is no try to try all you can do is try a nice little yeah. fun flip of, of star wars mythology but also the way he just goes to um you know we always hear all oh, rebellions are hard and what can we do no tyranny is hard because it requires constant effort so yeah. all you yeah. gotta do is find when the empire is lacking and which goes back to cassian's whole you know oh they don't notice me i can just slip right in like yeah all of them slowly realizing that the empire actually isn't on top of their game once Dedra is in the street, she's done. Like, there's so many little things. I think that monologue for me really just kind of illuminated, oh, my God, if the galaxy here is this, that is when the rebellion rises up. Because then you realize, oh, my God, we're not on the defensive. They're on the defensive the whole time against yeah. us. And that's how like every revolution in history, every country in the world that has had a revolution, that's what it is. Yeah. Do you think that Nemec's manifesto ever makes it out to like the rebellion at large, or is this purely something that Cassian question. uses? Well, fun fact, Charles. On the Twitters, there is a theory currently. <laughs> In Rogue One, Cassian has something on his jacket that is tied to his blue jacket. A and box. it looks very suspiciously like... The manifesto. It's very no, similar in size. I've seen the picture too. I don't know, if, I don't know where this so all gets, is, but yeah, it's so it gets it's about the right up. size and stuff. It's possible. Yeah. It does keep blowing up, but I, I, mean, I don't know, I don't know how... if we hear it. But I mean, yeah. it's possible. I mean, come on, you tell me that in maybe like twenty twenty five, Luke Skywalker in a comic can be reading Namek's manifesto. Probably, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they could totally do that. They could totally do that. Oh boy. <clears throat> Yeah, right yeah, there. Thing, there it is. Yeah. Nice. Good find, Wes. That's about I mean, the right size. That's almost a, that that's it, dude. That's the same size. It has to be. I yeah. think I I think I think it is. 
that's, think it is. That's wild, man. That's really, really wild. Um, like, what What were they thinking in, in Rogue One, though? When they That's just a thing? Oh, yeah, no. It was on no, his jacket? Absolutely a retroactive like, <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, yeah. though. I mean, they, they, they always, like, a lot of the things that are on costumes and stuff are named, though. Right, and then something that could comes. Be a flask. Something comes out or of it. Or his booze. Yeah. Right. So that's a, maybe that's maybe a, it looks like a flask. Maybe maybe if somebody has like the Rogue One like di- uh, what's dictionary? it called visual dictionary or something, yeah. maybe you should look up and see if this thing is in there. And Pablo like, Hidalgo. Someone asked Pablo Hidalgo what that is. Yeah, 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 yeah what exactly. that thing is because maybe maybe they said yeah. it was a manifesto, and that's where the idea for Nimix manifesto came from. Was that? I don't know, that'd be yeah. cool. Like I would. Mm. I love that idea. I hope we again. I think next year the fact that we're doing <clears> there's a year time jump. Until the first episode of season two. We, they've said that. Then there'll be three episodes a year, three episodes a year, until we get to the beginning of Rogue One. I, <clears throat> so we'll see I do, I do like that we... It's a, it's a fun question to ask, Charles, I think, about does the manifesto ever come yeah. uh, come back in any ways? Because, like, we got to see sides of the Rebellion we've never seen before with this show. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think Rogue One did that more than anything did, is, like, the OT... Yeah. Like oh, the o- the OT me- the OT like rebellion was very one sided. Like there was nothing else. They're all just you know it was very classic hero's journey. They're just a bunch of heroes. We're the good guys. Those are the bad guys. Like there wasn't any depth really to the rebellion. Yeah. And like Rogue One added in you know Cassian's character's existence added in this whole you know we're assassins and saboteurs. Saboteurs. Like, I mean that was just like brilliant that like there's this dark side of the rebellion that they don't like to talk about and then this show has added lots of other stuff right we have all this political intrigue and how dangerous it was to be a a leader in the rebellion with mon mothma's story and we got this like we have the political ideology people who are still like like on the ground like nimic and stuff that are like the Mm -hmm. revolutionaries and it was it's just adding so much depth to the idea of of rebelling against and an evil government. It's just really brilliant storytelling yeah, and very reflective of real human history and yeah. revolutions, which well, we've seen. I mean, Tony Gilroy said in a great thing again, I, sorry, I had, a, I had a 12 hour road trip. I listened to a lot of the watch. That sounds um, like so I was, I was all his interviews. <laughs> he said that a lot of people are, are saying, Oh, he's clearly commenting on current <clears throat> political, this current political, this. And while you can definitely attribute it to that, he's like, I'm just, this is all of history. He's like, yeah. we're not current. We're we're looking at every revolution, like the Haitian Revolution, like every revolutions of every country. Yeah. Also, as Americans, like a lot of stuff has happened outside our country. Like this is all based in that. Like there's not it's not anything new, which is crazy because while in Star Wars it is, it's all been happening for forever. Um, but I want to hit I want to hit on one thing, Charles. I see you wrote it, our outline it's, here. It um, sounds like sorry for interrupt. It no, sounds no. like it sounds like Common Sense by by Thomas Paine. I'm not sure if you yes. guys ever ever had to read that. I've in been like reading high Common Sense by Thomas yeah. Paine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The the, the manifesto. By it, T Paine sounds like T Paine. <laughs> oh my Sense god! <laughs> I've never put that together. I mean, it sounds very it very it sounds very very similar. Like as long oh, like sure. here, here, I pulled some. I just pulled this up. Like do it, man. Like it says, like as as a long and violent abuse of power is generally the means of calling the right of it in question, and as the king of England hath undertaken in his own right to support the parliament in which he calls theirs, and as the good people of this country are grievously oppressed by the combination, they have an undoubted privilege to inquire to the pretensions of both and equally reject the usurpation of either. Like it sounds like Nimic's manifesto. Just be Nemec. Yeah, yeah genuinely, and like it's it's. Him. 
it's very clear that that they base this type of writing off uh. of revolutionary type mm. writing otherwise and yeah i just that, that's just that's such a brilliant angle of the rebellion that i've never seen before i've never seen that in in books i've never seen it in comics like it's just a it's a new level of like quality depth quality depth. intelligence <laughs> in star wars that we've just never seen yeah. i mean this has always been a fun fantasy universe that yeah. has some really heavy hard-hitting themes but they often don't really do a great job i think of capturing the the depth in a lot of ways because yeah. at, at the end of the day it is still government yeah like, it is still it like is. a sci-fi show for kids right so they, they yeah. sometimes miss the depth like this is the first truly adult piece of star wars media we've yeah. ever gotten and i just they just got it so right it's yeah. just unbelievable the only kids i want in andor are the dying ones in the headphones um, oh my god oh. sorry anyway um i <laughs> i did want to say to get away Holy from that, crap, I do feel better. Like... I do feel better about that. <laughs> We're going to talk about Bix in a second. Um, Charles, you have a great point in our outline here about another character that I think we saw change <laughs> decently in this episode, and oh my god, Dr. might Quad be Paul. my most anticipated. Come on, Charles. Not touch a quad paw. Hit us with that. <laughs> he didn't come back. No quad paw. Lack of quad paw. Quad naw, more like it. Oh um, wow. Wow. Yeah, I feel bad about that. Uh, no, my most anticipated uh, character for season two, uh, Luthen. Luthen Rail. Um, yeah, a yeah. lot in this. So, 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 TS up. What did what did Luthen do for you this episode? And what what did we see? And what are we gonna like chat out a bit here? Well, I was intrigued by Luthen because what Corey was just saying about how the rebellion changes so much in this time period. The rebellion is so different than what we see later on. What we were first introduced to in the original trilogy. Like, can you imagine if Princess Leia was just like. Yeah, we got to kill one of our people. Like he he knows too much. Like we got to go find this <laughs> right? guy and and we got to take him out. No, but here we saw Luthen showing up on uh, Ferrix with the singular intent, it seems, to kill Cassian. Like he was there yep. kind of for the same reason as the Empire. The Empire wanted him alive, whatever. But basically, Cassian knew too much. We need to we need to take this guy out. Yep. Now mm-hmm. I was sort of intrigued by this. I didn't fully understand this, to be honest with you. Uh, reason being, I didn't know exactly why Cassian had to die with no conversation. Um, you know, it seemed to me like Cassian could have turned him in in any of the time that he was imprisoned, like if that was his intent or if that was something that he you know, thought he might do. So I didn't fully understand why Luthen just was like, all right, we got to take him out rather than have a conversation. Because then as soon as they did have a conversation and Cassian was like, I'm going to join you, but if you got to kill me, you can kill me. Luthen mm-hmm. smiled immediately. And you're like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you with us then. But it's like, what? Well, couldn't we have talked about that before the plan was to kill Cassian? Like, couldn't we have had the conversation yeah. first? So, so yeah. that part kind of threw me off. But it does show that shift. Maybe that exact moment was the shift where we see – where okay now it's weird to kill our own people like maybe that that was the moment that we made that change. I want to offer an idea that's not mine, but I saw it. And I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh. Our buddy uh, Brad Whipple over at Friends of the Force had a great Twitter thread uh, today about this exact moment, and he made the argument that I think makes complete sense to me. And Luthen's mind was changed by Marva's speech, because I think up until this time. Luthen, it was like him and Clea in the shop, him and Mon in the streets. Like, it's been one-on-ones and very little things, right? And now Marva makes this epic speech, and then he sees 
the planet of Ferex rise up. And now he has the son of Marva who's coming to him saying, kill me or bring me along. I'm ready to die for this. I think Luthen's finally realizing, oh, my God, <laughs> all the puzzle pieces I put in place are now working. All, all my, my chessboard is actually moving and I don't have to do it alone. Yeah. And I think that's that's the moment is that he realized Marva Andor inspired a, a planet. I think Cassian Andor can inspire a galaxy. Hmm. I think that's yeah. where he is. I think oh. um, that just came I, to me in the moment. I'm going to own that. Yeah. I feel good about that. I feel good <laughs> yeah. about that. I think that that's moved good. me a little bit, Eric. I like that. I'm going to I'm going to use that with my Star Wars friends at work tomorrow. I'm going to say it was mine. Do it, man. You should own that. <laughs> Beg, borrow, and steal, baby. But yeah, that's, I think that's what it is. Luthen was also getting pretty desperate too. I think. I mean, he said yeah. in one of the previous episodes that like I was. Uh, what did he say? I was. I was. Sli- or uh, am I slipping? Like, can't tell you am, I slipping, like, am I slipping? Or yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I was. Man. I was reckless or something like that yep. about Cassian yeah. saw my face and that sort of thing. He knows my real name and. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's very. I do think it's a good good question, Charles. And I think we were supposed. To, I think we're we're meant to be a little confused about that as the viewer. And I think it just adds in. It adds in that that intrigue and that constant worry like am i going to be outed like like is you know have i made a mistake finally a, a poor calculated risk mm-hmm. finally you know and i think we're meant to feel that that sort of stress that luthan i guess is under in a lot of ways um yeah. i love the dialogue too at the very end when cassian said uh something like take me in is that what he said take me under yeah, like, take kill me, me in. kill me or take or me kill in kill me Take me in, yeah, that's what Take he said. Take me in, which what also again, <clears throat> he's lost his he lost his Clem a while back. Which, by the way, I, one thing I missed the first watch, um, Clem, his father Stone is the one he visits first. Mm-hmm. He see he checks in with his father, I, I call and that. then <clears throat> yes, he's lost yeah. his father. He's lost his mother. He is kind of looking for a belonging now. He can't stay. In, he's like, take me in. I'm ready to be a part of something again. I've been running to Niamos. I've been running away. Take me into the fold. I'm ready to be a part of something. Which is also interesting because he then, before this, told Bix, Brazos, B2, the B-Squad, um, that, like, <laughs> a lot of Bs, um, like, I'm, I, I'll be back. And I do think he meant it and trusted it. So as he's saying that, Come I with me like, if you want to live. Really? That's where he is, right? And I think he's like, I don't think he's going to kill me because now I understand him. And I understand the rebellion now because of Marva's words and because of Ferex. And because, like, he's now seen three different rebellions, right? He saw the Eldani, five of them rebel. He saw the thousands of Narkina five rebel. And now he's seeing his home planet rebel. Like, yeah, everyone's doing it. I get this. I can't, I can't not be a part of this. Let's go. And Luthen sees that in him. He's like, all right, man. Hell yeah. This is gonna be great. You will live for four more years and be great. <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> oh no. Four I'm more years. Four more. <laughs> 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 oh, Corey, you're oh, wild for man. that one. That's amazing. That's I know, great. I know. Um, all right, one more thing I want to talk about that uh, that came to me that I think was a very prominent theme of uh, this episode was the marching band. Uh, was such mm. a cool and clever band thing. Unite. We yeah. Did it. All right. So <laughs> we did uh, it. I I was not in marching band because as we already discussed, my tiny little school didn't have anything except basketball and tennis. That was it. No marching band. But my wife, she was very prominent in marching band. She played French horn. She was in a Macy's Day parade one year. Whoa! Um, yeah, yeah. She French was, horn. French oh, horns nice. are cool. Yeah, so when when this episode opened was really, really weird, right? The music was starkly different than any yeah, other. Yeah. Any yes. other. Like the, that crazy, I think, I don't, I'm dumb, and I don't remember what the, me, the musical term that my wife used, but she either called it like discordance or dissonance. Discordant. yep. 
Discordance, yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah that so. like it, it sounds chaotic. Like when different yep. instruments are kind of playing at different keys or something like that, yeah. and like it's very, it sounds bad, right? Like it's very kind of chaos yeah. sounding, and where and like it, and then when the, it's like foreshadowing in a way. Like the music yep. is foreshadowing yep. in a way because it got it was very chaotic in the very beginning. The music was, and then it got a little better as the marching band like came together, mm-hmm. and then it mm-hmm. it genuinely created chaos like the next scene is chaotic right and it was such a beautiful sort of foreshadowing look at this the marching like towards the the empire with the instruments and also what clever star wars i don't know what do you call it when they do this they they turn a real life thing into a star wars thing all these instruments they look very star warsy yeah the star wars are cool i noticed that and and because like i I remember when andor first came out we heard about them playing live music on set and they're like, okay, that's cool. Like they played some underscoring for some speeches. I guarantee this was played live as they marked. Yeah, Can you probably. Imagine being being that act, being Brasso, being the actor yeah. holding the holding the brick and marching as you hear yeah. the music around you. Like, yeah, you don't got to act at all. You're just yeah. like going, man. That would just and be it, it looks like they're it looks like they're all really playing the instruments too, and that's such a cool thing. Yeah. I mean, this is not like. I mean, do you remember the cantina band playing the instruments? It looks goofy. They all have these fake rubbery fingers. Like, That's it looks it. dumb. And they're just kind of, like, dancing do. around and, like, it looks like people pretending yeah. to play the flute. Like, if I were exactly. to pick up a flute yeah. and try to play it, or the saxophone, I guess, that's what I would do. Yeah. You know, i just kind of, like, jiggle my fingers around. And yeah. it was dumb, right? So, like. This was rad. I was, I was really impressed with this. It looks like they're actually playing the instruments and, uh. Yeah. Yeah, like, look at that. That's, that's, that's a genuine wow. flute that they've made Star Wars. That's that so cool, like dude. Yeah, it, yeah. Does. <laughs> it, it looks it looks yeah, kind of right. like a it looks kind of like a Y wing with a yeah. flute sticking out of it. Like this and is also, cool. Yeah, and it's and it sings back to like the first the end of the first arc on Ferrex. Like, what, how do we know the Empire was coming? They banged on 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 things and made yeah. noise and made and made music and like and there's that moment in this episode where all the music ceases for a moment and it's silent and you get a little freaked because you're like wait whoa whoa and then it starts up again and like again in history of revolutions music banging on drums like blasting horns like that is a that is a use for people to oh, the guy in the tower the bell tower guy we got our bell tower daddy back Your time grappler <laughs> this guy this guy's the best i Dude, he kicked the shit him. out of that guy and that was the coolest <laughs> thing ever that was a, this is Sparta, amazing. Dude. that was this is that yeah, it was. Well, and and there was a moment, I think it was a couple episodes ago, where they were talking about the people of Ferrix and the ISB. And they are like, oh, oh, those people of Ferrix, they have their own way of doing things. And it's a little bit of, like, you know, nose down. They're, they're not as civilized as we are. And in this episode, like, the music of Ferrix is a weapon. The literal bricks of their dead are weapons. Like, the, they, the, the city is used as a weapon to fight back against <clears throat> tyranny. And it's like, that is how the rebellion's going to go is using everyone as they are to fight back because the Empire is all about trying to make everyone the same, right? Trying to make cookie cutters, trying to make people assimilate. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, our strength is in our history, is in our dead, is in our people. And that is what they do in this literal scene. And uh, it's just such a a great way to do it. It was. It was really, really brilliant. Um, Just this overall, this whole lead up to the fight is just – Man, it was yeah. brilliant. I just Ooh, Lita! You said Lita. Let's talk about Mon Mothma for a second. And Lita. Lita. Who, um... Okay, I was like, where are we going with that? <laughs> yeah, we're going there, man. Ven, uh, not a lot of screen time in this one. Not really the focus. But two major moments that we highlighted, right? The Perrin moment and then the 
not necessarily a betrothal, but at least the introduction that definitely seemed like a <laughs> way of her getting out of her money habits. And man, yeah, Mon Mothma has Ooh. sold her soul to the devil. Man, that's the uh, that's the analogy here, oh, right? Is she selling she her is soul? Empty, this is brilliant. Man. Look at that. I know. I love this. Wearing those colors too, because I didn't like. <clears throat> she's all white except for this episode. Like now, she's actually like pretending to assimilate. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. And her daughter. Yeah. Wow. Look at the mm. look at the look at the octagon shape back there. Very imperial looking. Like it's great apartment. Man. I gotta say, I'm sorry. It's great apartment. <laughs> I, it's, and just yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's too uh, it's too rich for my blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how how does she end the season for us? What do you like? I I, I don't mean, think any of us predicted it correctly. Um, no, I was just thinking didn't. about I was thinking about last week's predictions mm-hmm. about stuff that we got right. I, I will say just in general, like we didn't progress in the like story of the rebellion as a whole nearly as much as I expected to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like they really yeah. did tie that this really is Cassian's story. I mean, it's not yep. I mean, it mm-hmm. is about the greater rebellion, but like I'm really shocked that we didn't end this with Mon Mothma of running away or I know. You know, it's not that kind of show. Yeah, it's not that kind of show. So like yeah. um I was very interested with with this. I thought the the whole accusation about gambling thing was brilliant. That was super that cool. That was yeah. brilliant because she had me going the whole time and I was just like well, what kind of proof does what she is have? This? What does somebody yeah. tell her? Yeah. yeah. What is How does she know that yeah. the driver was going to turn the audio back on without yeah. her knowing? But her actually knowing. Yeah. There's Do a... you guys feel bad for Perrin for like a half a second? Absolutely not. I, I thought it was. Know. Listen, I thought it was. <laughs> I, I fell just the way the Empire is going to fall. Like, I, I, I thought it was a real accusation. I thought she was, mm-hmm. I thought she was finally kind of snapping a little bit yep. of like... Maybe he does actually have a gambling problem, and she's mad about it. I didn't realize until it showed the driver that, oh, right. she's yeah. manipulating the driver. Yes, like yeah. she knew the driver was listening. So, And there's really a lot of ways that this can be sort of used, right? This could be oh, – yeah. um, oh, yes. this, this could be um, like that's where all the money went, right? As he gambled mm-hmm. it away. This could be mm-hmm. – the way that the Empire was talking about it in this... Was that this episode? I think it was. Yeah, the way this Empire yeah. was talking about it uh, was Blevin like... Levin heard about it, yeah. Like, they're going to try to blackmail her kind of with it yeah. is maybe yep. sort of what use, that was implied. Yeah, we can use this, yeah. Very interesting. I don't know. This was very interesting that it showed me... That it, that it showed us that the Empire is guessing wrong. Like, that was clever, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and I think it's interesting, too, because, you know, obviously mm. we've seen that Mon Mothma and Perrin do not have a great marriage. That has been the thing. It's been hard. But as I watched this, I think because of Genevieve O'Reilly's performance, I did get a little bit of the vibe that at one point, I think she did love her husband. I think she was like, you know what? Maybe she was younger. I know it was an arranged marriage, blah, blah, blah. But at some point, she was like, all right, we're going to have a child. This is my husband. And you could see her kind of have that little realization of like, he is going to hate me now. And I'm just going to own that, and yeah. the empire is. But but I have to now sacrifice my husband. A real crossroads, an, man. Yeah, he is an asshole, yeah. and sure, he's all these things. But I will now besmirch his reputation <clears throat> and make him hate. She me. really okay. sells everything. Yep. I mean, she sells her entire soul genuinely yeah. to the her, rebellion. Her daughter's future. She's like, I. She sells this. her daughter. She sells her husband. She sells her life. She literally gives it all away, and you know. To be in a position yeah. of power and to trade all of that for the rebellion yeah. is is a really beautiful story that I was yep. not expecting to no. get in this show at all. No. Holy shit! Oh, they no. they really really did nail that too, man. <clears throat> Are there any quotes that come off 
like come on top of your head from Return of the Jedi or anything that like alludes to this happening early in her life? She's a heavy dialogue. Poppins yeah, she's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's it, huh? <laughs> that, yeah. That's it. General Nadine. Like, that's her only dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think in Return yes, of the Jedi. Right. I, didn't even, is, I didn't even think about that. No. Yeah. She has no <laughs> dialogue, which is crazy, dude. Though This show is yeah. like... When, when did Empire come out? 86, maybe? 80, 80, uh, 84? 80, Empire was, 80, it was 77, 80, 83. 83 was, was Return of the Return Jedi. Of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah, so Return of the Jedi 83 was... Yeah, this, that's the only dialogue she freaking had in the whole movie. Yeah. And now she's like a major character in this TV show all these years later. What other? How many characters yeah. are left? Is there anybody left that they can, <laughs> that they can bring back from the of old team? Of course there are. I know. Of course They'll there are. But it's so organic and in such a great way. And and I think that that's like, you know, she was really the one character that we knew was like precast. Was like She was in Revenge of the Sith deleted scenes. Like they couldn't really do a lot with her. And oh my God, how lucky that you happen to get this actress. Who could do yeah. everything, you know, yeah. based on yeah. a casting from 20 years ago. Very, very good, like, too. That is, yeah. I, I've, lo- I've, I've, I've really genuinely enjoyed the Mon Mothma stuff that we've gotten. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's much yeah. more than I really expected to. I mean, it's been Where's a fun little, this fun little look into, the, uh, into the, the Senate and the Rebellion. I am shocked that we didn't get Bail Organa. I, when we first started Yet, the season, I was I'm like, sure. I can't hope. I think season two, and I think that makes sense. Um, actually, I'm, I'm going to pause there for a second because I want to get into season two speculation because I'm very excited to talk about Bale. Anything else I want to I want to hit on either this episode or season one because mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a really fun way to end this episode yes. for us to talk about a little bit of Wait, season two. So we gotta Charles we gotta it. say one thing because we really didn't talk about Dedra or Cyril. Yeah, and, okay, yeah, let's hit this. Let's and hit this. the moment you brought up our predictions <laughs> earlier. And I predicted that Cyril was going to attack Dedra. And oh, wow. yeah, so she did. was like laying You're down in the dirt. Right? <laughs> right? She was laying down in the dirt. She lost her gun. She was going to get trampled. And then some hands grabbed her and started leading her away. And you realize it's Cyril and he's got her at gunpoint. And he was taking her away. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. And then they went in this like closet. They went in this closet. And I was like, he's going to do it. He's going to shoot her or he's going <laughs> to attack her or something. And then. 45 seconds later, I'm like, are, are they going to hook up in this closet right Because, <laughs> like, yeah. there was so much heavy breathing and close talking oh, yeah. in this closet. Um, it was oh, a yeah. very, it was a very, very intentionally uncomfortable It situation. was. It was. Like, it, yeah. it feels like we're not supposed to be there. Like, it feels... Icky. I don't know what it is about yeah. the scene. It's just, it's very... It's the yeah. people. It's the people that are <laughs> in it. They just, yeah. they just do Detra. it right. I think, because, so Detra is like, she's almost going through a, like, you can see the adrenaline wearing off. Like, she's literally shaking yeah. her body, right? She's, mm-hmm. like, coming down, and she's like, I should... She says, I, sh- I feel like I should say thank you. Yeah, but she so knows she, that he's, like, a freaking psychopath, right? Yeah. So she's like, so she doesn't know what to yeah. say. Yeah, and he's like... I mean, we could kiss. She's just, think- she's just showing. She's <laughs> we could kiss. well, but no, I think that's an important uh, thing, though, is that he. Yeah. It, it felt weirdly romantic, but like he had no expectation whatsoever. Like he was just like, no. I, "You were in trouble, and I saved you." Yeah. And I mean, he idolizes yeah. her. He does. He does. And does, I think yeah. this is then. You know, now we're going to see her actually use him, whether that's bringing him into the empire itself or whether he's like a secret operative of hers. I don't know, yeah. but. 
I think he just wants to rub her feet, Charles. Oh. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, House of the Dragon. I feel you. <laughs> oh. Although, here's, an, here's a question. Or something I didn't notice until you played that clip there, Wes. She is, like, violently shaking at that point. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He is... Stoic. Calm as a cucumber. Yeah, he is, yeah. And I didn't realize that. I'm like, that's also her seeing him that calm is probably a little freaky. Of being like, yeah. wait, there's a riot. People are dying. There are explosions. And Cyril was just like, you were in trouble. Like, she's definitely yeah. a psycho, but she's got to be like, is it, oh. is it not? Is it not that hat? The hat, <laughs> the hat scene. We didn't talk about the hat scene. That was such an odd. That was such an odd thing. That was weird. Our Scottish I, king, uh, Sergeant, Sergeant Moss. Mosk, is that his name? Moss. Yes. That was such an odd yeah. scene. I think it was, was supposed weird. to be some comic relief. And then also, I saw, I think, on Reddit or something that somebody said that it's like the original hat that he had on, like the that Cyril had on in the beginning of the show or something shit. oh that sure it totally is it has, yeah. is it it's like it's like a it's like a it's like an officer's hat or something yeah. maybe and like like it's it's like symbolic that that he's in command so he gets the officer's uniform hat or some shit i don't know this was such an odd that. it was such a such it's an odd, odd choice and they both shrug <laughs> I don't yeah, exactly. I, I don't I hate it. So I mean, look, at like, this, right, yeah. look at this book. They designed this entire bus for this one freaking scene. Like, look at this. This is it. beautiful. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. God. Cyril Cyril is still, I think, one of the most interesting characters in the show. Agreed. That yes. like yes. Yeah. I just really have no idea what the hell he's gonna do. No. I think that is the point of his character, is he's a literally a loose cannon. I have no idea what side he's on. He's on Dedra's side, that's obvious. That, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But like Oh yeah. What is Dedra seeing him now? Is, is she going to see him as an as an asset that she can like use now? That's what he wants, I yeah, think. I think so. I yeah. think, yeah. Because in this episode, she had the moment where when they killed Krieger, she's like, "What are you doing? Like, you're not listening to me. You're not <clears throat> doing this." And I think she's about to find someone that's a little bit of a psycho, but will also listen to her no matter what. So yeah. maybe that's her. That's that's his usage. That's not. That is weirdly not bound by the rules of the Empire in a way. Yes. That's my yeah. Opinion, at least. That's a that's a good way to go okay. with that. That was an interesting uh, storyline too. That that to kind of see all of these people who have shown a lot of intelligence with the ISB. They've shown a lot of intelligence and like and like like they could. They're dangerous, man. Like they really do understand. Oh yeah, the Empire and the rebellion and power, and they understand all that stuff. But they're like drunk with what is it like? pride i guess at, at just yeah. annihilating all these people without taking any hostages yeah. to torture and get information out of like well how arrogant they're all uh it, it's the uh it, it's the captain on altani right they think that everyone not in the empire are kind of like savages or something they're lesser yeah. they're lesser intelligence like they don't respect these people they don't assume that they would get information because what information could they possibly have that we don't have that we could, that we could use? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just oh, like man. it's just crazy that Dedra's the only one that smugness. Exactly. Smugness. Yeah, Dedra's the only one that sees through it. Like she understands it the way that nobody else seems to understand, which is yeah interesting and ultimately yeah. the downfall of the empire. So I just man, Dedra's such yeah. an interesting character. the The inclusion of the ISB, I think, was the the other gigantic surprise for me in this show. Going back mm-hmm. to the big picture yep. stuff, like yep. Yep. I really wasn't expecting to get ISB, and everything that we learned about them mm-hmm. was was really fun and really brilliant and interesting. Yep. And the power dynamics and the political stuff, like it yep. felt like Tar- Tarkin type of stuff. And yeah. man, I was a big fan of <laughs> of the ISB arc as well. Yeah. And now, now I see here. Uh, there's a couple characters we haven't touched on that I want to make sure we hit before we get into the next season. Uh, Wes, 
you had uh, we did not talk a lot about them, uh, but definitely some great scenes for Cinta and Bix. Um, yes, yeah. correct. So um, when we first saw Cinta, she's working in—is it a bar that she's working at? It's yeah, a, one yeah. of the bars, yeah, Cintina, yeah. or um, a hotel, maybe a kind of looking place. Yeah, yeah. and um, and uh, Vel comes back to see her. Yeah. And she is just, and Cinta is using her binoculars just to keep keep a lookout Step of the officers the and ISB agent at that. And yeah. I think I think in that particular scene, Vel finally realizes that they cannot be a couple yeah. because she is too invested in the Empire she and Vel wants something more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yo! Oh, that's take, a bad move. You no. That's a, a bad move I'm right spying. there. I was busy, I know. It's a good point, though. Um, and... Yeah. In that moment there kind of catapulted her next scene is when she actually like in some guy's life as an officer, oh, right? It's one of the, oh, one yeah, of the big guy. officers. She's just like, then we come around, then we come around later and she's like, she's bleeding <laughs> and she's like, it's not my blood. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Cinta, yeah. Cinta, as the kids would say, is a real one. Like, yeah. Cinta is, yes. is she, hardcore. She's all in. Yes. And I was like, yeah, uh, She's all rebellion, and it's it's her it's the rebellion first, and then relationship yep. second, yep. or third maybe. It might be not first be God, a then America, then family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone's been to a lot of weddings this year, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, not to mention Bix. Yeah, like how oh. broken does Bix like look to you? And what she's saying, she's like, if somebody came and broke me out of jail, I'm out of there, right? Yeah, I am not even thinking twice. And she's like, no, 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 no. They're gonna, they're gonna yeah. get mad. Yeah. Like they're gonna get mad. Well, or is oh he man, like, dude, I just I, shot oh. like four of them while we in here. I said, yeah, they're no. pretty mad. <laughs> and she thought he was a hallucination for a second too. Like I dreamed yeah. that you came and got me. And like, I mean, one shout out um to, uh, to <clears throat> is it Adria? I forgot her. I forget her name. Is actress? Like what a performance? Yeah, really. Of right? This, this she looks season. like such a different person up. compared to the first episode. I mean, they had a great makeup job on her and everything, yeah, but, but like her whole mannerisms yep. and her voice yeah, and like her barely Haunting. opening her eyes and stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. She did such a great job. Yeah. There was a time in which I really thought that all the main, all the characters that we got from Ferrix in the beginning were maybe going to swing around to the rebellion at some point. And yeah. I don't know what happens to Bix at, at this no. point. I mean, she's pretty messed up. Get her safe. I, I think that's yeah. like, you know, I, I love that at the end, you know, Cassian's like, all right, get it, just get out of here. You know, I'll find you. I do believe that. But I do think that, you know, to your point, Wes, like, how broken is she? Like, what's going to happen? I don't think, she's never at 100 again. That's what sure. I just noticed is she looks a little bit better in this picture. Yes. She was she? terrible. <laughs> she does. Yeah, like she doesn't have as, like her uh, the darkness yeah. around her eyes is not gone, okay. but she was in a dark yeah. room and too, I guess. She believes in but... Cassie and she's like I yeah. he, he will come back. And she's <clears throat> called him out throughout this whole show. Yeah. yeah. And I think when you know when B is worried, she's like no, he'll come back. He'll find us. He'll find us. And like, all right, I will. That's the question. Does he? You know, we'll find that out soon too. Do you think that uh do you think that Cassie's sister was a storytelling device and nothing else? I think I think it comes back around in season two. I don't know if he you finds think her. so. Is he ever gonna find her? I don't know. I, I don't know. If Once he ever we get will. that previously in season one recap, and it, they just showed like his sister getting shot. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna come right back around to that. They yeah. always they yeah. always throw that recap in there to make you remember. 
what happened four no, episodes yeah, ago. That's, and that's you're like, true. Oh, crap. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Point. It doesn't seem to be Tony Gilroy's style to leave ends loose. You know what I mean? So yeah, right. <clears throat> so I don't yeah, know. So so yeah. So let's let's uh. Let's go into season two speculation here for a bit, and then uh, then let's go around and just kind of just recap favorite favorite season one stuff as a whole. But looking ahead to your earlier point, Corey, I definitely I definitely think, and not just because of my fandom, we're we're easily getting Jimmy Smith. <clears throat> Bale is gonna be in season two. I think they, so. He and Mon Mothma have too much of a casual conversation in Rogue One for <clears throat> them not to have met up a bunch before that. Ah, I think yes, you know, like your friend. The Jedi, like she knows that Obi Wan exists, like they're tight. Yeah, um, mm. we know we're getting Yavin. I think that does happen. Um, but I think it'll be interesting Rem- for pacing because one of one of the few um, you know criticisms about the show for some folks that didn't care as much was that it was a little slower of a show, which I loved. But I think, like, you know, we only went through really a couple months max. Because we're adults, Eric. Exactly. <laughs> I can watch a television show. But we're going to get three episodes, time jump, three episodes, time jump. Like, we know that's going to happen. So I think, honestly, anything's in play. Like, we're yeah. going to watch the rebellion grow. And I think we will literally see the base on Yavin get bigger and bigger in season two. That would be until an we interesting get to the rings device, yeah. What are the what's the arcs um, the time wise for the first arc is four uh, years before so between season one and season two we have one year time jump so first episode of season okay. two is four years is four BBY three episodes then we go three BBY three episodes two BBY and then three episodes it's one BBY and then the last episode gets Cassie and basically walking into the rings of Kefreen to kill yeah. that guy. Uh. Yeah, yeah, and Tony Gilroy actually said That's that so at, cool. at Celebration. I cannot believe yeah. he gave that much away. Very that straightforward un- about it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, the first season is about this year of Cassian's life, and the second season is a bunch of time jumps. This is literally what he said, basically. And yep. This is going to be very interesting. I imagine we're going to get a gigantic Galen Erso story um, in there. That. Oh, yeah. They're because they're looking for him. They I mean, they're looking for him. That's what Rogue One is about, is they're yeah. looking for, you know, yep. uh, they're looking for his daughter. So, like, yeah. That's going to be fantastic. A yep. farmer. <laughs> With your talents. Really? <laughs> a man of your talents? Yeah. Also, uh, It's a simple life. Uh, <laughs> that movie's so good. Uh, Cassian and Saw cannot meet. That's the thing. Because Cassian, they, they're looking for Saw. So how does that happen? When does Luthen exit the picture? Because he's not in Rogue One, right? So at yeah. some point... <clears throat> oh... And also, Luthen knows Saw directly, and then by Rogue One, they have no way to contact Saw. So, what breaks that? And I think that's we got to see that. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. We still have to get Mon Mothma's leaving the rebellion or leaving the Empire. I imagine that'll be a pretty significant story. Um, Yeah. When when does K two S O? He is on the fold. Tony has talked about him a bunch. Wow. Okay. So there's a comic <laughs> where they meet. If you love that K2SO Cassian comic, I love that for you. I've read it. I don't think there's a chance in hell they do not retcon that comic. Like, no. <laughs> there's no way. That will, <laughs> that, will, that will finally be, that will finally be uh, the one piece of real criticism that you can give the show is when Tony <laughs> yeah. Gilroy, no. the, the patron not. saint of Star Wars right now yeah. at this moment, uh, retcons the show. We'll not give of, a shit. The K two S O comic, <laughs> absolutely. It's not. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a great comic either, it's, if I remember it's, correctly. It's, it's not. The, it's not that good. But also, can yeah. you imagine me like Tony? 
He's like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna bring Alan Tudyk in. I, I I directed him on Rogue. We're gonna bring K2SO in. Oh cool, you know what they meant in a comic? What? Shut up! <laughs> you think you think Tony Gilroy has ever read a comic book before? I don't know. I'm sure, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Surely. Sure, I read Watchmen. It was like it's good, and then it's yeah. went on in life. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm 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 genuinely like just so blown away with the show that I I don't have any real predictions for the second season. I mean, I feel like whatever they want. I, I feel like whatever they want, and like I'm I'm here for the surprise. I mean, I I would yeah. certainly like for it to be unpredictable. This show was definitely unpredictable. I mean, yes, nothing yeah. happened in a way that I expected it to, which is very rare in a TV TV shows as an adult. I mean, there's a pattern with shows, yeah. and you expect things to happen and. Yeah. Right. You know, even even when they do something crazy like kill off a main character or something, you can still there's evidence things are coming often, and and like you feel like Star Wars especially, I feel like is guilty of this. Like you really know what's happening. Yeah. And uh, this it's very rare that I think you're able to go into a show every episode completely naive of what can happen, and and this show has been that. So like, you know, yeah. they they have they have my full blessing to tell whatever story they want to tell. I don't care. Yeah. They retcon yeah. everything. Retcon. Luke, Make I don't it good. shit. Like, I, no, <laughs> Luke grew up on he grew up on on Geonosis, not tattooing. I don't give a shit. All right, like yeah. literally, Is Tony Gilroy can do anything he wants. Like, I'm just so blown away with how good the story is. Um, yeah, I and I, I, one other thing I will say too that this is a bit negative is I'm also very shocked and surprised at how fast the internet has turned on uh, Dave Filoni and uh, John yeah. Favreau is shocking to me, frankly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the same people we that like were that, remember, yeah, <laughs> right. This the same people that were demanding we fire Kathleen Kennedy and in, in state in state, you know, Dave Filoni are now calling for yeah. Filoni's head. It's pretty bizarre, actually, to see it's this. It's gotten extreme. Yeah, yeah. People are saying yeah. fire Filoni and shit. Oh, wow. It's like, yeah. what the hell? Where is this coming from? Yeah. Like, remember when Luke Skywalker met Ahsoka mm-hmm. and you and we were all like, oh my god! Like, come on. Yeah, but like, you know, what the, but you what know what? Hell? If if the majority of Star Wars was like Andor, you would you would like something that Filoni made a whole lot, and the, and the situation might be in reverse. I mean, it's just all we want is like fresh new stories, Story. and that's what this was, and that's why it's so Make exciting. It well. So, I mean, yeah, Filoni man. did that with Mando. I mean, when Mando season one came out, oh my god, the the world was on fire. I mean, and wait till the next season of Mando comes out because yeah. all this stuff is cyclical and. People are crazy, man. People are crazy. Just have a good time. Watch what you love, and I think. So, yeah. Do you think? Do you think they go over the top in the second season and bring cameos in that we? I should think it know. is certainly. I think, it, I think it's certainly. Not. I actually think it's certainly a risk, to be honest, because like Krennic, no. If Tarkin, we if we get no. Vader, no Palpatine, no none of well, those. Uh, Palpatine, maybe. I can see a Palpatine speech. I mean, we did get multiple cameos in in this show. I mean, like, like even it's not it's not the same type of cameo where Luke Skywalker comes in and kicks everybody's ass. But we did get yeah. Saul. Saul didn't really That's need a cameo. to be in like, it. Not really. Yeah. That's true. They, they I think we get bail. So, and I think, yeah. um, bail. I mean, I here's a, a, cam- a cameo by definition is also not supposed to be an important role. So by having yeah. <clears throat> by yeah, having right. a character right. come in and be an important role, it's almost not really a. A, a cameo. A cameo yeah. It's just, it's just an important character that has a lot to do with this uh, yeah. particular timeline of events. So, like, yeah. I, I think rogue characters. Uh, right. I would say specifically, other like, like Tarkin, Krennic. I think no, only because the the beauty of Rogue is them. Like, this is the first time these characters are interacting. Like that that story yeah. is 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 solidified. But rebellion people. <clears throat> 
I think Maybe. Bale. Here's a crazy one. I don't think this will happen, but like, they Act have one. an actress who who will be <laughs> cast as Hera Syndulla in Ahsoka. It's General Syndulla is mentioned in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah I don't think is. they do it. We just have we're dangerously close to a lot of All characters. We need is, a lot yeah, of characters. We need is the head tails. I know. The head tails yeah. turned back around in the back, and her yeah. just walking around away. Around the corner. Like, we ah! know what that is. Yeah, we know what that, that is. And I appreciate that. Would be that. Fine. I think that <laughs> I think that if we are genuinely approaching the plot of of Rogue One, um, which we are, obviously with the second yep, season, yep. I think there is a fairly high risk of of a little bit of that campiness to leak into the show. And if they are able to pull off the second season without doing that, I think yeah. that, that is unprecedented yeah. <laughs> in Star well, Wars for sure. Like, I'll tell you two seasons. Thing, there's no like, way. Thinking about season two. I, I would have never have guessed this. I am way more excited to see a, a, a really quiet scene between Brasso and B2 Emo than I am about a cameo from Harrison Dula. Yeah, I am too. crazy, but you, know, but like, you know what I mean? Like, that's... And I, uh, the, 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 question, so the, the question is, do yeah. the majority of people want that? And does it matter if people And does want Tony Gilroy give a shit? <laughs> yeah, does Tony Gilroy yeah. give a that's shit? And are the right people being loud enough? Because, like... I don't know. It's after after the rise of Skywalker. I don't I don't know that I trust like whoever is involved in the decision making to like read yeah. the internet and make the right call. You know what I mean? Like just write your show, man. Just write your show in a bubble. In a vacuum. Write it in on a, a vacuum, typewriter. Literally. I don't want you guys to know anything. Never open Reddit ever. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. No. Right. And now so but it is shooting now. So I believe they started shooting uh, hey Dale, happy Monday! I believe they started shooting Andor season two last week, um, so it's, wow. it's now officially in production. I thought they—I would have think they were already in or almost no. done with it. Yeah, we're likely. That's good. This. That's that, that's yeah. good. I think because we're we're in the we're in this period of the discussion, analysis, and speculation now. And yeah. if they're immediately, they're not able to listen. To, they can't change shit no. now. It, it's already they're built into the budget. It. You know what I mean? So they had to write it. Yeah. So I think we'll probably get this. My my guess with post production, all this stuff is twelve episodes again. I'm assuming spring 2024 would be my yeah, assumption. I think it's safe. Um, wow. But between now and then, we get Bad Batch season two is coming up soon. Mando season three is coming up soon. Ahsoka's going to happen before the end of next year. We obviously get a lot. So as we look ahead to the future, <sighs> let's take a second. Twelve episodes of Andor. We had twelve full episodes. This thing was this thing was massive. Um, and did so much, introduced so many characters. I just want to go around and just, off top of your head, some of your favorite moments of season one. Not that need to be replicated, not that blah, blah, blah. Just when you think about season one of Andor, what's the stuff that hits you? Um, Charles, I'm going to put you on the spot. Start us off. Favorite moments of season one. Um, pretty much anything involving Aunt Petunia, a.k.a. Marva. Um, I mean, really when she came into the picture, all of her scenes, she was masterful. My eyes were glued to the screen and, and seeing her relationship with Cassian, you know, knowing they're not actually related, but seeing kind of their origins and seeing how close they grew and how they had this kind of bittersweet ending to their relationship. All of that was just phenomenal. Perfect. Dang. What a great choice. Uh, Corey, about you, man. Oh man, several things come to mind immediately. That the ship with the just lightsabers. pick one. <laughs> Damn yes! it! I know, I'm yes! sorry. 
Listen, that was like, I've never been so hyped about a, a special effect in, in Star Wars. That was the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. The ball yeah. up the dish was unbelievable. Luthen's speech was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this show has a lot to remember really, really fondly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've, I've never watched Mandalorian season two again. I've never watched, um, I haven't watched Bad Batch again. I haven't watched uh, uh, Boca Boba Fett again. And I do genuinely want to sit down and watch the show, like, you know, kind of binge it over a couple of days Same. now. I and, really do. Uh, that's wild, man. Like, <laughs> even yeah. after talking about it and all the hours that we've given the show of our lives already, I kind of kind of want to go watch it again just because there's so much to love about it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wes, what you got? I did like the whole um, – the whole – a prisoner atmosphere, um, their environment, the relationships they had, the was great. like how they communicated with each other from different pods and different like bridges that they were standing on. Um, the speech phenomenal. The way they got um, the way they got uh, Andy Circus to like Kino. completely turn oh, Kino, wow. Kino Loy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's that that last scene where he just smiles. He's like. I can't swim. <laughs> oh, I can't swim. I know. It's like, with me forever, man. Ah, I guess I'm gonna die. <laughs> I guess. But does he? You know, yeah. that'd be a great. They're a great little cameo to show up in yeah, season yeah. two. He survives, Kino, but just barely. And then the emperor turns yep. him into Snoke. All right. Yeah, spider legs because <laughs> half his body it. got bit off by a shark. Spider leg Snoke. <laughs> oh God. Uh, great ones. Uh, okay. Agreed with all. Eric, how about you? Agreed with all of y'all. Masterful moments. I'm gonna go all the way back, and I'm gonna go with those last few moments of uh, of season th- uh, of episode three, um, <clears throat> when everyone's banging on on the the pots and pans, and Marva's giving her monologue about that's when you really need to fret when <clears throat> it stops, like that yeah, whole yeah. thing, and ending with Cassie going off into the sun, um, realizing that the rebellion is kind of beginning, yeah, and Cyril looking over his kind of destruction <laughs> and like realize because i remember i remember that moment because i watched all i took the day off or the morning off and i watched all three of them in a row and i remember at that moment i had a similar moment to when i read light of the jedi for the first time and i closed the book and i and i'm sitting there and i'm like oh god this this changes things this is not star wars is different than it was before i watched this mm. and i think that was a really heavy moment for me also Last minute shout out to Chief Hines from the first episodes, our guy who just wanted to do his job and go home. <laughs> I know. And Cyril wouldn't let it go. One he the, wanted one to go on vacation. It's even worse. Yeah. He wanted to go on vacation. He came yes. back and everything was on fire. Poor guy. One one of the best this little <laughs> scenes. Wait, like, one all one more yeah. thing too. What go was the it. what was the name of the natural phenomenon on Eldani? Because that was still one of the most the impressive eye. things. The, the eye. eye. Oh yes. my god! Man, I oh forgot my god. that was. Oh my god! Incredible. The whole Eldani plot. Yeah. There are so many good arcs in this god. show. So there was the the introduction arc, the escape yep. from so, the Eldani arc, and then the, the Eldani arc, the prison yep. arc, and then the the finale. Return yeah. to Ferrix. My God, this show was phenomenal. I just I would literally you know, Corey, you say you want to rewatch the whole thing. I agree completely. I they would never do it. But if there was like an indie movie theater that says, Hey, we're gonna show all twelve episodes of Andor on oh, the wow. big screen in a row for like a marathon day wow. or like a merit weekend, I'd be like, Hell yeah. Cause I'll take one small popcorn with refills <laughs> and just keep going back. 
Because that's, God. I mean, this is this is the first, I've loved Star Wars shows. I mean, hey, we talked on Bounty Hunt about how much we loved Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan is, I, I adored, Mando had a great time with, like, I've liked a lot of these shows. <laughs> this was the first show, ironically, the least action of them all, that I was yeah. really like, God, I wish I could see all these on a giant screen. Because yeah, I want to I mean, see every minute. It's it's up there just with incredible television, like Breaking Bad and yep. Band of Brothers, and I mean, God, I just can't believe how good it was. Like, I just ten out of ten. I, that says I'm, I'm I'm genuinely speechless <laughs> about how amazing the show was, and I cannot say that enough. Like, mm-hmm. it feels undeserved. <laughs> yeah, I just the Star Wars fandom is awful as it sometimes is. I just cannot believe we were rewarded with such a, a beautiful storytelling yeah. initiative, and I'm not sure if we will ever get this kind of experience again it's just so unprecedented i mean even with yeah. all the all the hundreds of hours of content we have in animation <laughs> and movies and everything it's just like we've never had anything as good before it's no. just been incredible and, and uh, we're guaranteed I've, 12 more we're guaranteed guaranteed exactly 12 more we have yeah same teams doing the yep. stuff is just uh <laughs> it's fun I, I i will say you know me being a huge rogue one fan like i was really looking forward to this project but like i don't know it weirdly felt like the project that was never going to happen like yeah even they announced it we were like huh, okay, oh yeah Andor yeah. is happening right like they <laughs> did they announced it like first i believe wasn't it one yeah. of the first tv shows they announced Way back like, when. it was yep. very very early and yep. they said i think we even knew about Andor before we knew about the mandalorian like like they, they said they said that we're making this Andor tv show they teased it years ago and like yeah we suddenly got it and i'm just so shocked that we got it and it would turn out to be as good as it was like never would have guessed it'd be better than the obi-wan show that show was fun yeah. But now, now back. looking at the Obi-Wan show, that, that show is chalk with flaws now in my mind because this <laughs> thing was so damn good. So, you know, I'll have to... It's, it's, it has genuinely created a new lens by which to to go back and, and watch Star Wars with. And, uh, yep. you know, we said a lot. We started a podcast at seemingly the best time ever to start a Star Wars podcast. Wild. And uh, it's just been super, super fun to talk about this and digest it and... I don't consider myself like a movie buff or somebody who's intelligent enough to understand all the storytelling devices and stuff. It just feels like there's been more stuff to digest and talk about with this show than anything else we've had. And uh, yep. it's just been it's been a fun to watch it as a fan. It's been fun to participate with the community as a content creator. And like overall, I just feel very warm and fuzzy about this entire experience <laughs> of getting to watch yeah. Andor and participate in it with you guys. And uh I'm ready for 12 more episodes of this shit, man. Give me more. Pump it yeah, straight man. into my veins, for real. Yep. All in. Uh, well, everyone, um, if you didn't like it, Dr. Quadpaw finishes this out. No yes. other way to do it. Thank Your you. Your boy, Charles. Your boy. He's coming back in season two. Oh, easily. There's only one doctor in that edge of the galaxy. Um, <laughs> so, everyone, we hope you loved Andor. If you didn't, what a weird episode for you, huh? Um, <laughs> uh, cannot wait for more of course we're going to chat about everything that comes out in Star Wars but my gosh what a gift what a gift around this holiday season Andor was truly the gift for all of us but my friends that will do it for this gift that is this week's episode of the Living Force I hope if you are to support us on Patreon thank you so much we appreciate you uh, you are the reason we are able to keep our engines going and a special thank you to Brian Dooley Patrick Ortiz Earl Q Robert Thomas and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council and Elizabeth Cloutier Ashley Ingalls and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command you can find us on Twitter at LivingForcePod and individually at Eric Eilerson at Corey M. Helton at C. Hankel and at Boss Wes 
A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Wes for prodding me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out, watching, and listening. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.